message this morning, and I'm asking a friend of mine, Pearlie Jaden Immenager, to come and read for us, if you'd come up. I don't always introduce women by their maiden names and married names, but I do when I did their wedding back in May, and uh, so Pearlie, come on up, and her husband Mark's back there. How's he doing as a husband? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Awesome, awesome. We didn't want to have to, didn't want to, have to dogpile him right here in the middle of church. As ye, therefore, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Amen. Gary, welcome. I'm Matt. I've been participating in the Rooted series. And Rooted, for me, has been very revealing, for sure. Um, it's given me a, a way to kind of put in perspective the, the evolution of my relationship with God. And it's been a, an interesting path in my personal life. So I, it's given me a frame or a series of frames to kind of understand the, the journey I'm on. It's been kind of a raw experience at times. And I think being able to go through the experience with a group of men where we can be transparent with one another and real about the challenges we have with our faith, um, the challenges that we've experienced in, in following Christ. And I think through our shared challenges, it's, it's brought us closer together as a group, for sure. And I think it's been really inspiring. That's Matt. He's newer to faith and has uh, joined with a few groups that meet on um, Tuesday nights and Wednesday mornings that are taking what we do on Sundays and going deeper with them. And you'll hear more about how you can join in those groups. There's actually a curriculum that we've been following uh, that originated from Africa. Part of why I liked it, this whole Rooted series started in Africa. And I believe, honestly, our future is in Africa. Christianity is growing like a wildfire in Africa. And I believe, uh, well, we see it here at PCC every summer. Africa sends missionaries to America if you can believe that, uh, and they influence us for Christ. And so you'll hear more about that come January and in the fall. Um, much of our discipleship will be funneled through this rooted uh, series that we've done here from the pulpit, and you can drive it deeper in groups. Has it been a good fall for you? Okay, just checking. <laughs> Grab your notes. My job is to be our chief reminding officer today. My name's Gary. I've been on staff here for about 20 years. And uh, I get the privilege of taking that verse that was read so well uh, in Colossians, the theme verse, and unpacking it for us, and then reminding us where we've been. And throughout this whole time while I'm talking, you can write in here and reflect in here of where we've been. And even on the back, if you want to access <clears throat> our notes electronically, there's a way to do that through the Uversion app. Let me pray for us, and then we'll dive in. good to be thankful. It's good to come to you, uh, to gather together as your body and come into your courts, Lord. You are so good to us. And throughout scripture, you rebuke your people because they forget. We don't want to do that. We want to stop and pause on this Sunday, Sunday before Thanksgiving, and we want to look back at the fall and where you've taken us these last 10 weeks. And we want to look in your word and we want to learn how you root us, Lord. And how we can be grounded 
in your word, in you, so that when times get tough, and they do, and you promised in this life we'll have trouble, we can overcome because we're rooted in you. So guide us, Lord. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. In the third century, Cyprian, who was a bishop in northern Africa, he wrote to his friend Donatus, and here's what he said. This is in the third century. These seem, these, this seems like a cheerful world, Donatus, when I view it from the fair garden under the shadow of these vines. But if I climbed a great mountain and looked out over the wide lands, you know very well what I would see. Marauders on the high road, pirates on the seas, in the amphitheaters, men murdered to please the applauding crowds. Under the all roofs, misery and selfishness. It's a really bad world, Donatus. An incredibly bad world. Which is actually how a lot of people are feeling right now, right? But it doesn't stop there. He says, yet in the midst of it, I've found a quiet and holy people. They've discovered a joy which is a thousand times better than any pleasure of this sinful life. They are despised and persecuted, but they care not. They've overcome the world. These people, Donatus, are Christians, and I'm one of them. See, the early Christians lived a life of joy, a life of peace, a life of hope in extremely turbulent times. How did they do it? Their roots of their life were in Christ. They received their life strength from Christ as opposed to their circumstances. They were saturated in their minds with this core identity. I am in Christ. Can you just repeat that line? In Christ. One more time. In Christ. That line is in your New Testament 177 times. Not enough. You're right, Bill. You know why? Because the predominant identity of the early church was that they were rooted in Christ. They weren't just citizens of a Roman Empire or citizens of a city. They weren't just Jews. Um, They were in Christ. They weren't identified by their profession. They weren't identified by their family circumstances. They were in Christ. Their primary identity was not their ethnicity or their politics. Those were all roles. Relationships were all temporary. They knew that. They thrived because of one and one one only thing. They were they were the only way we're going to make it church is a church. The only way we're going to survive as followers of Jesus and thrive amongst aging, amongst politics, amongst culture, the only way we're going to thrive is if we're right in Christ. Would you all agree with me that we're living in turbulent times? Take the pace of life. Take some health challenges. Take some relational challenges. Pour in there some financial challenges. They all challenge our bearings. It's why in 2012, the World Health Organization called stress the health epidemic of the 21st century. Can anyone relate to that? So what roots us? Colossians 2 shows us how to be rooted in Christ and how to live that way. And if you don't want to read the whole book of Colossians, which I would really encourage you to do, uh, Colossians 2, 6 and 7 is the core of the book. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 is the cliff notes. Remember cliff notes in our day? They're called spark notes these days. If you don't want to read the whole book, 
right? You just read the cliff notes. Colossians 2, 6, and 7 is the cliff notes of the book of Colossians. Let me read it again for us. We'll put it up on the screen. And I underlined and coded it so you can see how Paul meant it to be said. Look what it says. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, here's the driving command. Continue to live your lives in Him. That's the emphasis. Rooted, built up in Him, strengthened in the faith, overflowing with thankfulness. Let me just get technical for a minute. The driving command is to continue to live your lives in Him. Underneath that are four participles that show us how to do that. God is not some cruel dad who would say, do this, and not enable us to do it. Underneath the do this are four enabling participles that show us how to live uh, in him. Okay? So let's start with the command. We're to live in Christ. Look, not just Christ. Look what it says. Christ Jesus our Lord. I love that, as Lord. Christ highlights the fact that he's our rescuer. Jesus highlights the fact, Paul's saying, all of his teaching, obey it. Our Lord represents he's our authority. As opposed to the Caesar of the day, or in our day, as opposed to us. You are not an end to yourself. In other words, Paul's saying, you don't get to call the shots. You want to stand in these turbulent times? You've got to root yourself in God and let him call the shots on how to do life and how to do emotion, how to do relationships, what have you. So we backed up 10 weeks ago looking at this passage saying, if we're going to do that, we better start by asking this question. You see it on the bottom of page one. Who is God? Who are we rooting ourselves to? If I'm going to live under someone's authority, I want to know the, uh, the character of the authority of the one I'm living under. And we spent a whole week talking about that. Not only that, we talked about how does God speak to us. Unique to Christianity is that God speaks to you through his word, through creation, through dreams and visions, through prayer. We dialogue with God. It's an amazing thing that we can have this ongoing relationship with God. Amazing, amazing. God speaks to us. I came across this quote this week on this by a theologian pastor named John Piper. Listen to this. It says, God understands you better than anyone else. God understands society perfectly. God knows how the world works. God knows the future and how everything will come out in the end. God is wiser than any writer. God is more caring than any counselor. God is more creative than any artist. It simply stands to reason that what God says will be more useful than anyone else in the universe in anything they would have to say. And then Piper closes by saying, not to sit at his feet and soak our minds with his wisdom in light of that is sheer craziness. Would you not agree? That's why we encourage us all to invest 1% in our chair. Remember that chair video where we can meet with God, a metaphor where we just take 1%. If you're not in the habit, start your first 14 minutes of your day. Get there as fast as you can. Open your Bible. Say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Soak in the word so you can renew your mind with Christ. And exactly, I love what you said, Ben. You start with heaven and then go through your day. 
from heaven's perspective. After rooting ourselves in the character of God, after rooting ourselves in how does God speak, we went on into, these, uh, into growing in Christ. Look at verse 7 in Colossians 2 again. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. There's the command. In Him. That's your identity. Tomorrow morning, 6, 7, 8 a.m., whenever you show up for work, let that ring through your mind. I am in Christ. I am in Christ. Then the participles. How do we live into Him? Rooted. Built up in Him. Strengthened in the faith. Now listen, this is very important. All those, uh, the Bible wasn't written in English. You know that, right? It's written in Greek. All those in the Greek language are not active participles. In other words, I could put a lot of guilt on you right now and be very wrong biblically by saying it's on you to root yourself in God. It's on you to build yourself up in Him. It's on you to strengthen your faith. Get up every morning and try harder. Um, That would be wrong from a number of perspectives, not the least of which it would not represent the text. These are what uh, Bible scholars call passive participles. In other words, the subject is being acted upon. God is doing the heavy lifting in all three of these. My job is to show up and surrender. God's job is to do the work. Does that make sense, everybody? So in other words, your application, you've heard me say this before, is not try harder. Your application is to trust God more. And let him root you. Oh, can we go back? We'll get to the millennial building in a second. Let him root you. Let him strengthen you. Let him build you up. It's on God. It's a grace that's given to us. How important is it to be rooted, though? The word rooted in Paul's day was used for the sinking of the foundations of the buildings. That's what what grounds us. And God wants to root us in him. Now we get to the millennial building. During this series, we learned about foundations in the modern news. You don't need to go to Pisa to find a leaning tower. Did you know that? You can save a lot of money just by going to San Francisco. This is the Millennial Building, arguably one of the San Francisco's most prestigious high-rise residential buildings, the Millennial Tower. It's home to pro athletes, venture capitalists, and other elites, and it's sinking. It came out in the news this fall, 16 inches since it was built, two inches to the right. Sidewalks are buckling. Values are plummeting of the property of the Millennial Building. Why? A poor foundation. It wasn't rooted well. Literally, this chronicle said they found that that foundations to save money, the builders only put the pilings 80 feet instead of 200 feet to save money. You know, I thought a lot about that when I read that article and I thought, how many times do I compromise my own foundations for the sake of time or effort or what have you? God wants us to to come before him. And if we have to do hard work, the hard work is just posturing our soul before God and saying, root me deep in you. So that when we rise, we don't have a sinking foundation or lean to the left or lean to the right. So important, everybody, that we're rooted and built up. So how do we do this? 
we had to look at more questions. We looked at things like, what about suffering? Where is God in the midst of suffering? We looked at, we're opposed. If we're going to be rooted and built up and start to soar in Christ, we'll have enemies, spiritual enemies, that oppose us. Probably my favorite weeks of the whole series when we had a panel up here and we looked at how do we make the most of our life? How do we do that? And you know what? It was amazing to me. I loved this week. We had a panel of men and women, teenagers to octogenarians, all living in Christ. These were disciples of Jesus disguised as sophomores at Carlmont High School. Disciples of Jesus disguised as high school teachers. Disciples of Jesus disguised as a chief operating officer in a startup. Or disciples of Jesus disguised as a woman in her neighborhood looking to bless her neighbors. Who were being built up and strengthened in Christ because Christ was rooting them in him. It's amazing what happens when the church acts like the church. People take notice and they wonder. And this fall, during this whole series, amazing things were happening as people asked this question, how do I make the most of my life? Yes, I have a profession. And how do I make the most of my life in my profession? And then in my neighborhood? And then in this city? Two weeks ago, Reveille, uh, a ministry of this church, run by, we call them unpaid staff, volunteers, received an award from the U.S. Congress from the State Assembly, from the State Senate, from the County of San Mateo, from the City of Redwood City. Literally, NBC did a piece on their news show on Reveille because they were making a difference as disciples of Jesus through their partnership with the U.S. Veterans Administration. Uh, We were awarded the 2016 Enterprise Partner of the Year. PCC deploys nearly 100 volunteers through Reveille to serve our community's veterans. Through the VA, which is the largest VA hospital west of the Mississippi, PCC has provided a consistent presence of hope for nearly a decade, visiting them, providing dinners, socials, game nights, quilting events, annual car shows. Literally, Reveille has grown to become a staple of the Veteran Administration's operations. They've ministered to our nation's most critically war-wounded. And why did that happen? Because they simply, people in this very room asked, how do I make the most of my life? If you're part of Reveille, can I ask you to stand up, please, and we can thank you for what you've done for our veterans. Great job. Or just last week at Fair Oaks, in East Redwood City, one of the poorest schools in our school district, where we teach PE, where we teach literacy, we had our own Thanksgiving meal. 30 PCCers were at Fair Oaks serving 300 families a Thanksgiving meal. And for one day, they ministered together, and it wasn't the, the poor and the wealthy or the poor and the middle class. It was just one coming together. See, with PCC, when we get that question, how do I make the most of my life, look out. Look out. In the coming year, come January, you're going to hear uh, some very ambitious plans we have and vision we have for this church to make the most in leveraging all that we are as a community. I think you are the best kept secret in this city. And we're going to uh, invite us all to unleash and live into that. Then we looked at questions like, how does God view my stuff? How and why should I tell others? Why is the church 
important. See, as we root ourselves, as we build ourselves up, as we uh, are strengthened by God in the faith, beautiful things happen. Supernatural things happen. Now, there's one other participle in here. Let's look at this verse one more time. Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, here's the command, continue to live your lives in Him. In Him. Our primary identity is what? In Him. Right. Rooted and built up in Him. Strengthened in the faith. That's all on God. Passive participles. We are just to show up and let God do that in us. We do have to show up. We do have to set aside time. That's why He invited us all. Find your chair. Find your 1% and invite God to do that. Now, the last participle is not passive. It's active. What responsibility do you have? It's right here. Overflowing with thankfulness. That's not on God. He places that responsibility on us. Paul changes the tense in the verse. And he goes from passive to active. We call that around here thank therapy. Thank therapy. You can actually change your attitude through thank therapy. And you do this so well. There are people in this room that are my heroes at thank therapy. Life has not gone how you would have scripted it. And as you talk to me about that, you talk about grief, but then you stop, and the grief is real, and you go right to what you're grateful for. And in the midst of the pain and suffering, you tell me how thankful you are. You're nothing short of heroic in my life. I want to encourage you this coming week, as you go to your Thanksgiving table, to spend some time. I know our times are tough. I know our country's divided. I know there's a lot of things that would cause you pain and grief and heartache. But access those things that cause you gratitude. Paul puts that on us. It's part of how we're to live our lives in him. Rooted. So I close with the metaphor we opened with 10 weeks ago, the image of redwood trees. Remember these 10 weeks ago? Remember they soar almost 300 feet up in the air? Remember how majestic walking through Muir Woods or down the Santa Cruz, how amazing that is? You would think trees that soar that high, that endure that long, would have a deep, deep taproot. But you'd be wrong. Remember we talked about their roots only go down 5 to 10 feet. But for every foot a redwood tree grows horizontally, its roots grow 3 feet vertically. And if you were to unearth the roots of a redwood, you'd find my hope for this church. You'd see up above the soil soaring trees that prevail and stand against the elements. But you'd find below the, the, the dirt a barricade of roots enmeshed in each other. So when one tree wants to fall, the other tree's holding it up. It up. And when one tree is tempted to, to run away, the other tree's holding it. I've never known a redwood tree to run away, but you know what I mean. The other tree's holding it back, right? It's how we're to live. God put in nature a living metaphor for how the church should be. So I wonder, as we wrap this up, and Ben's going to come up here, where are you rooted to? Who are you rooted to? What is your primary identity? What aspect of your life is being built up right now by Christ? I've found there's always a season, usually a season where there are multiple aspects, but there's a primary aspect of my character that God is saying, this is under construction. 
We're going to work on this for a season. Where are you being built up? Where are you being strengthened in your faith? What are you thankful for? As you turn the corner and head towards a Thanksgiving table. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much for your word. And thank you for the ability to just see in two verses a life ambition. That we can root ourselves in you. And like a tree, you provide the nutrients through the roots. You provide the water. You provide what we need. You hold us together. You build us up. You strengthen us. We need it. Lord, I pray for every person here that they would live a life that prevails. Guide us now as we reflect, as we worship. Again, to come back to Ben's opening metaphor, we want to start in heaven and then see our reality through heaven's lens. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Listening to the Peninsula Covenant Church podcast. We're located at 3560 Farm Hill Boulevard in Redwood City, California. You can reach us online at www.peninsulacovenant.com.